Hey guys, it's Adam. I wanted to talk to you really quick about Buzzsprout. Um, Buzzsprout's a place where you can get your own podcast launched and you can start today for free. I recently started using Buzzsprout and I got to tell you, it's fantastic. I was moving my uh, podcast from one host to another and I ran into a little bit of a snag, but guess what? Buzzsprout had me covered. They helped me out. They interacted with me over email. It was almost real-time chat, and they got my problem solved within minutes. So you can't pay for better tech support. I think the thing is, with most companies, if you get a good place that has good customer service and good support, you can't go wrong there. And they make it easy. It's not hard when you have the right partners like that and the right support like that. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed, and you can join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out into the world. So really, all you need is a quiet place, some gear you already have, like me, I'm using my phone right now and a, and a laptop, uh, and I'm getting this podcast out there, and I'm recording this, uh, this promo. So follow the link in the show notes, and that's going to let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. And if you sign up for a paid plan, it shows that you help support this podcast right here. I would really appreciate it. Hey, guys, thanks again, and back to the show. Hey, guys, it's Adam with another episode of the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about some dog training issues that kind of um, bridge their way over from the last episode, talking about um, laser pointers and, uh, well, actually, as it published, it says... Pre-drive, I meant it's a typo, should be prey drive in dogs. Um, so it's a similar topic, uh, similar type of dog this time. But first, I want to talk about a couple things. First of all, please go to www.anchor.fm forward slash adam-casper and become a sponsor. Um, you can be a sponsor for as little as 99 cents a month, and that will greatly help out um, keeping this podcast going. And... Um, Make sure that never becomes a subscription-based uh, service. I kind of want this stuff out there for free um, or with little as money as possible. So I'm kind of adapting the uh, public broadcasting system uh, model in the U.S. So it's basically donations and keep this running. So I'm doing this in my spare time. I don't have any uh, paid sponsors other than Right CBD. Um, so it's all coming from you guys. And, uh, if you love the podcast, please contribute something. Um, I sincerely appreciate it. You can also Venmo me and that the, the, the name on that is at Adam dash Casper dash four, uh, on Venmo. So however much you decide a dollar, a hundred dollars, whatever, whatever you think that is. But, uh, I think it would help out greatly. And uh, I would sincerely appreciate it. I also want to thank everybody for listening on the various podcast distribution outlets, Apple, Google, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Overcast, and, and all the others. I really appreciate everybody listening. So today I'm going to talk about uh, some reactivity and prey drive in some dogs and specifically a case I'm working on with uh, a Doberman pincer. The, the Doberman is a fantastic dog. He's absolutely beautiful and brilliantly smart. Um, he just has a very high prey drive and tends to redirect his teeth inappropriately to the handler or his sibling, which is another Doberman and is much older. So uh, let's sit back, relax, and we'll talk about that. 
So guys, really quick, I wanted to talk about RightCBD, R-Y-T-E-C-B-D.com. They have awesome tinctures that I use every day personally. Helps me with stress and inflammation. Um, definitely a great supplement. A couple times a day, take a, a dropper or two of their tincture. And they also have really awesome gummies. Very effective. They have CBG in it, CBN in it, and CBD. So really, it covers a lot of the cannabinoids that you might need for various different things, but some of it's for sleep, some of it's for, for an energy boost, and the other one's just to relax. So um, also, they have the great pet tincture. I just uh, sold one today to a, a client of mine that has an anxious dog, and uh, a little bit of an older dog, but the CBD really helps calm this puppy down and get the dog more relaxed. So uh, let's talk about this today. So reactivity. Uh, this Doberman has a reactivity issue where he redirects inappropriately his teeth onto the onto the handler. And usually that's the family members. So um, really what the trigger. So when whenever we're diving into this stuff as dog trainers, we have to kind of look at it uh, for what it is and say, okay, you're walking your dog and your dog gets excited and turns and bites you. Well, what's happening there? You know, are you correcting it? Are you doing something? Uh, is there some sort of adversive that's, that's scaring the dog, spooking the dog in some way? And in this case, it's not. It's overexcitement, but overexcitement based on prey-like behavior. Now, since dogs are inherently predators, but mostly they're, um, you know, they're domesticated, so they don't really have a job to do. And this particular Doberman lives in a very, very nice house, large house, great family, um, and has a, a wonderful neighborhood that he, he, he exists in. So it's not really a case of there's, uh, you know, explosions or crazy loud noises or f very uh, heavy activity. But what he does have is a lot of people who are out exercising. It's a very uh, health conscious fit area, specifically in this one town where there's lots of runners and it's a it's a kind of a pass through neighborhood from a very popular state park where there's lots of bike riding. Now, what happens here is is that the dog doesn't see a human on a bike and think, well, there's a human on a bike. What they see is is this human kind of flying through the air on something, which could be a horse, it could in their head, or it could be interpreted as some sort of livestock. And with some of these working dogs, they want to herd this. Or in some cases, maybe this dog's case, he wants to catch up to it, grab its appendages, limbs, ankles, neck, something like that, hold on to it and uh, subdue it or control it. So what happens is the dog can never catch these objects. They can never catch these, these bicycle riders because most of the bicycle riders are the, you know, the kind that are almost like the uh, Tour de France people. They're on high-speed bicycles. They're all in their uniforms and their helmets, and they're really moving very fast through the neighborhood. So this overly excites the dog, and he's also got one other kind of issue. He's got a little bit of a competition with his sibling. So when the client's walking the, these two dogs, you know, you have one dog that's very okay with the environment, indifferent to most of the stimuli, but this guy sees this stuff and gets very excited. And when he does, he inappropriately uses his teeth. So what, what can you do with this? 
you know, obviously you need to desensitize the dog to seeing some of this stuff and not reacting. And paying for calm is a very, very good thing to do. So sometimes, you know, you might engage in what's called place training. You put the dog on an object like a, one of those raised beds or a yoga mat or a towel or some sort of object. Even like a, a Frisbee can be a marker for, for place. But um, you keep the dog in there, have them watch that. And you reward them from staying, staying still, not moving, being calm, and, and it's very rewarding. Many, many dog trainers use this technique for various different reasons and it's an excellent technique in this case i chose not to do that what i chose to do is since the dog not only has a prey drive but actually has a bite drive and the bite drive is obviously something different you know uh dogs love to chase prey and you can get pointers that love to seek out the prey but they don't actually use their mouths on it likewise when you have some retrievers retrievers usually will have no problem going and getting the prey, but they don't crush it, they hold it. And this particular dog seems to really like to use his teeth, now inappropriately. So it's, it's more than just this as an issue, but I'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole of exactly how many different ways he's inappropriately using his teeth. But I'm gonna say this, there is a trend there. So I've interviewed a couple of the family members um, and they're not readily available for some of these training sessions because they're during the day and the, they either work or they're traveling and it's summertime. So a lot of people are, uh, are, are not around. Um, but it seems like the, the dog never got, uh, really understood bite inhibition. He really never understood how powerful his jaws are, how sharp his teeth are and how people dislike when it's used inappropriately. So he does like to bite things and it's not just bones and such. He likes to bite on his brother and he likes to play rough and his older brother doesn't like being, being bullied and he doesn't like playing rough either. So it kind of starts getting a little nasty, but talking to the family members, they shed light on the fact that, you know what, even when you're handing him a toy or you're going to give him a treat, he has a very hard mouth. Now I'm going to define that because it's a, it, it's a term that, some people use and some people understand and some people don't. Um, the reverse of this is called a soft mouth. Now, I just mentioned retrievers. Uh, if you have a Labrador retriever and he's trained to fetch, and specifically if he's a hunting dog and he's going to retrieve you know, a duck or a pheasant or quail or something like that, he's going to come back holding that thing in his mouth very gently. And it takes some time for them to understand how much bite pressure they need to use to hold and when when it's too much and it crushes and destroys the uh, the, the the bird um, I don't think this dog actually ever understood that I think he maybe missed some socialization periods and it's probably uh, it's, it's likely that um, he never learned how powerful his teeth are and there's some inappropriate stuff going on uh, probably in his history with his human family that they may have encouraged or never um, discouraged rather, probably more important, the, the biting behavior. And um, so I've noticed sometimes when I'm engaging with him, uh, his teeth are a little wild or he uses them 
indiscriminately and it gets on your hand or on your arm. So that's something we're going to be working with. And one of the things my first initial thought was, was that we can muzzle him and we can desensitize him. We'll do place training and everybody will be safe and that'll be great. The problem with this is, at least in, in my perception, is we're not really getting to the core of the issue. We're just teaching him how to calm down in these cir circumstances, which is fine. But the issue really is, is where they walk this dog in the neighborhood. Um, they basically come out of their home and enter the sidewalk or into the street. And it goes from very quiet, peaceful, private, secluded to um, the road, like busy straight away. As soon as you step out on the, that sidewalk, there's lots of activity. Um, it's not a bustling area. It's not very busy, busy. But uh, you can't predict when someone's silently rolling down the street at 25, 30 plus miles an hour on uh, one of these racing bikes and they go zipping past. This is his trigger. When he sees something moving very rapidly and it goes through his field of vision and his initial instinct is chase prey, bite it, kill it, crush it. And when he can't satiate that, when he can't act on that urge, he redirects to either the other dog or if there's a human in the way, any appendage that's available. So he actually bit the uh, lower thigh of, of the client and had a big puncture wound. And, uh, you know, that's, that's terrible um, because it's the owner. The owner knows it was not done out of aggression. It wasn't an angry thing. Uh, it's just that he doesn't know what to do. So here's an interim solution um, that will work on a couple of different levels. The redirection I was doing was he has a, a, a chuck it football. So for those of you in the U.S., you know, everybody knows the shape of a football. Um, I'm not talking about from the international folks. I'm not talking about soccer football. I'm not talking about, you know, World Cup stuff. I'm talking about American football. And it, a company by the name of Chuck It, shout out to Chuck It, they, uh, they make a great product, very tough, um, squishy football that um, is excellent. And it just fits his, his mouth and muzzle really well. And what I found is, as opposed to doing some sort of treats, he loves play. So I've been engaging him with a little bit of tug and the, the techniques I've been using to get him inspired to play a game and keep something in his mouth and hold it in his mouth while he follows me around is I'm doing the commands, leave it, drop it, hold it, take it, and bring it. So those commands, um, real important. Leave it. I've gone over this uh, in the podcast uh, quite a bit, but I'll just go through a quick refresher. Leave it is, there it is, you want it, you can't have it, let me get it for you, or you can't have it until I say so. Then obviously, take it, I already have it. So you come and get it from me and take it out of my, my possession, and I let you have it. And then obviously, bring it, follow me around with this thing. Then the other ones, drop it. I don't want you to have this anymore, so spit it out of your mouth. These are all very useful uh, skills, but in the process, I can control this object like a tug toy, and tug is such a great game to play with your dog. 
It's very engaging. The dog's able to focus and look directly at you. You become the center of the whole world. So giving this dog a play job to do. So it's entertainment. It's fun. It's playful. He's able to hold this thing in his mouth. And he feels like he's doing something appropriate. The encouragement we're going to give is instead of me just walking along and doing normal leash training with this, I'm going to be very engaging with this dog. And I've been very engaging with this dog. I think I'm on my third or fourth training session with him. And today was a, a pretty good day with him. What I did was I had him. He actually greeted me at the door with the, with the, the ball in his mouth. And my first um, thing I wanted to say to him was drop it. And then when it dropped to the ground, I went to go grab for it, and he went too. So he has to understand that if my hand's on, on the toy, he can't have that. And again, he's very mouthy. He he's, has a hard mouth. So first time I reached my hand down there, he touched it. I said, uh-uh, leave it. And he backs up and looks at me. Then I possess the toy. I present it to him. I said, all right, buddy, take it. And when he takes it, I say, yes, good job, good job. And I start a mini game of tug. I just have it act like a little bit prey-like. I go left, right, up, down, shake a little bit. And I'm moving almost like uh, uh, to take it with, with, with my hands at either side of this, uh, this football. And I'm moving it to the left of my hip and to the right of my right hip back and forth so it's never actually coming straight at me at the center because I don't want him to miss and come up into my face or into my chest and muzzle punch me. I, I want the teeth away from me and really if I'm going to get nicked somewhere, it's only going to be um, on my hands or maybe my fingers at, at worst. So there's no potential really of him grabbing a full arm or, or my forearm or, or my calf or my, or my wrist or, or thigh. It's keeping it away safely. And teaching him, like, engagement, this is great. Left of me, great. Right of me, great. Center is only for tug, not for coming forward. And then he's got to release it. He's got to drop it. So he drops it, I possess it, and then I give it back to him. So this game is very fulfilling. But once he has it in his possession, I tell him, take it, and he grabs it. He holds it in his hand. There's a split second there. I, all of a sudden, I start to become prey-like. I run away. Not run, run, but I move rapidly away from him, and I say to, say his name, and I say, bring it. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to get him engaged to follow me. And what I end up doing just to practice for him is zigzag around his house, walk random directions, turn around, back up, um, basically behave like a chipmunk or a squirrel or a small rodent, um, erratic movements, but engaging still. And I'm not trying to take the toy from him. I'm just telling him, bring it here, bring it here. And I'm just having him bring it to different places. And every time I make a turn and I go opposite to him and he drifts a little bit away from me, I say, bring it. And he, he realigns himself back to me. So it's really great. It's, a, it's been working rather well. And it's a good idea to do with your dog in general. What I'm finding with with him is we've, we're now in our second session of engaging with this toy and having him understand how to be sensitive with his teeth, how to, how to be a little mindful with his teeth. First thing he did when I walked through the door was he grabbed the, the, the ball. He grabbed the toy to present it to me because he was like, all right, my, my play buddy's here. But in sessions past, he was approaching me with a wide open mouth, you know, 
puppy smile. But some of the times I'm going to go grab, you know, reach into my pocket and get a, get a treat. Well, a lot of times I'm presenting the treat and there's some teeth that are hitting my fingers or my knuckles. So he's just wild with the teeth. When he has something in his mouth, when he wants to engage you, he's bumping you with the actual toy slash ball. He's actually like pushing it into my hand. So totally appropriate at that point. So every time he bumps my hand, I go in an opposite direction and I say the dog's name and bring it. And he comes over and bumps my hand again. So the beauty in this is that he's continually, continually re-engaging. So I was doing this in their kitchen and one of their family rooms and another room and having him kind of basically follow me around frantically, never knowing which room I'm going to go in or which way I'm going to turn. And then we graduate to the outdoors. So the outdoors, this area of New Jersey is um, uh, very, very uh, affluent, very nice neighborhood. Lots of wildlife though. So there's deer uh, consistently moving through the areas. There's turkey, there's rabbits, there's squirrels, chipmunks, birds of every size and shape. Um, it's much more um, biodiverse, if you will, than, um, than you would think. And um, growing up in this area, uh, there's an abundance of wildlife now that I've never seen before. And as a matter of fact, there's, there's black bear kind of moving into this territory. And we're like less than 20 miles away from New York City. So, you know, being that close to such a huge, huge city and New Jersey being one of the most densely populated states in the, in the, in the United States, it's amazing to have that wildlife, but very distracting for this dog. So anything that's out there should be distracting to him. And he does react to most things, especially if it's moving. So I'm simulating two things. I'm simulating crazy erratic behavior of, of quick moving prey. And I'm also getting him to engage and disregard everything else that's in the periphery of, of us. And he only really focuses in on what I'm doing because he's just looking at this silly guy that's walking around in random directions and making hard turns and stopping and starting. All the while, I'm telling him to bring his favorite toy someplace for re-engagement for more play. And this is far better uh, for this particular dog than using food-based rewards. Because initially I started with food-based rewards. And again, every time he was taking a treat from my hand, he's over a year old. So he should have appropriate uh, bite pressure and really teeth inhibition. He, he just is very, very um, quick to use his teeth. And it's not because he's aggressive or anything like that. He's just inappropriate with them. And he's got to learn if you want to come around a human, how about if you feel like using your teeth and it's something you enjoy doing uh, using your teeth because you have a bite drive, grab something appropriate and present that to the human because the human's going to play with you then. The human's going to like you, but more importantly, he's looking for affection and engagement, not necessarily play all the time, but if his mouth is full, then he really can't do anything negative with his teeth. And we're also in control of the situation because this is a whole big game. Leave it. You can't have that. Take it. You can have it. Bring it, bring it here, drop it, let go of it. All right. So all these things in, in, in together, uh, dog's having a good time. He's enjoying himself. And as I walked him outside and I became very, very, uh, uh quick and rapid and made quick, sharp turns, we'd go to a slow jog to a stop and a, then a fast walk 
and then a right turn, left turn, and everything's all around in circles. And encouraging him by putting my my left hand down in the heel position as a marker. He already learned the command touch. And as he bumps into me, I would give him a reward marker by saying yes. And I, I'd say his name, good boy. And, and at some point, I'll stop. I'll tell him to drop it. I'll take the toy back and then throw it a couple feet away from me. And as I do, I'm going to walk in the exact opposite direction. And I say his name. I say, take it. And I know he's going to get it. And I can kind of hear him from behind as I'm walking away. And I'll say, bring it. And when he does, and I feel that bump on my hand where I left it by my left hip, straight down by my pocket. He touches that with the toy. And all of a sudden, I'll mark that with, yes, good boy. And then we can. Then I started doing some uh, obedience on top of it. So sit down, stay, touch. And I'm shaping uh, a finish where he heals um, on the left side and he'll walk my pace. The main thing is, is that right now I'm engaging him in such a way that he's enjoying himself, he's having fun and playing. And it's inconsequential to him that he's actually working and learning something. He's enjoying himself and he has his mouth on something appropriate that isn't human flesh. So far, so good. Uh, it's working out pretty well. And eventually, um, I can see where this is going with him. He's so well engaged that he's enjoying moving about the place while focusing on me, the handler. I'm going to slowly introduce the family to this so that they can do this. And then eventually, we're going to try a muzzle, take the, the, the ball out of the equation, and just focus. Maybe we might start changing the the thing to something smaller like a very small tug toy that you can stick in your pocket uh, and hold on to and then present it when you need it so the thing is though with this dog again you know we walk out the end of the driveway or or their path that goes out in the street and these racing bikes can just go zipping past really fast i forgot to mention also too motorcycles are a trigger and certain um delivery vehicles so bigger trucks, uh, but really anything that's moving fast while he's on the leash. I haven't seen the exact total trigger yet, but I, I get the picture and, uh, I'm going to experience it probably early next week. Um, if I have any other updates from there, I will uh, bring it to the podcast and let you guys know. So, um, again, thank you for listening. Uh, Go to uh, anchor.fm forward slash Adam dash Casper, that's C-A-S-P-E-R, and uh, become a sponsor. Give a couple bucks for the podcast so we can keep this thing subscription free. Um, check out writecbd.com, R-Y-T-E-C-B-D.com, uh, my favorite CBD company and uh, the only one I use for pet CBD tinctures for anxiety and stress relief and some um, aches and pain relief as a supplement for a lot of these clients' dogs. And um, finally, uh, you can also just uh, help me out by uh, rating the podcast, subscribing, downloading, and uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. I really appreciate everybody out there. Thank you, and have a great day. Cheers.